electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Disney is now trying to boost growth for its streaming platform amid this aggressive, with an aggressive promotion amid this ongoing standoff with Charter over the contract fees. Our Julia Borston here to break it all down, what it means for the future of TV, Julia, in our Tech Check segment. Well, Sarah, Disney's battle with Charter is being called an existential referendum on the future of the TV bundle. And a lot of other CEOs are weighing in. Comcast CEO Brian Roberts, that's CNBC's parent company, discussing it today at the Goldman Sachs Communicopia conference, saying he's not surprised by the dispute as every company is dealing with their version of this transformational moment. He says the consumer wants simplicity and the most bang for their buck. And this dispute is putting tension around some of those issues. Meanwhile, Paramount CEO Bob Backish also commenting, saying a dispute like this seems inevitable and that he's been focusing on modernizing Paramount's distribution deals to offer their stream their streaming product as a tiered offering for pay TV subscribers. So all of this comes as Charter is pushing to get access to Disney Plus for its subscriber base without any additional cost. So all of this and this conversation about Disney versus Charter comes as today Disney slashes the price of Disney Plus with ads to $2 a month. That's a 75% discount for new and returning Disney Plus subscribers. And that's a discount for three months. It's a promotion that's been in the works for a while. It's unrelated to the Charter deal, but it's part of Disney's big push to get more subscribers to adopt this plan that gives it a dual revenue stream. Disney is pushing its ad option as today Madison and Wall forecasts a 5% increase in U.S. ad revenue this year. That's excluding political ads. It's what they call a return to normalized growth for U.S. advertising. But not all ads are equal. While Internet-related advertising, they say, has become increasingly important, the TV advertising sector is experiencing what, quote, might feel like an existential crisis. Now, on top of accelerating cord cutting, there are concerns about how the strikes will impact new content, what that will mean for viewership and then ad dollars, and then, of course, the ability for all these paid TV bundles to hold on to subscribers. Apple trading lower today, down almost 3.5% on a pair of big decisions against the company. The EU naming Apple, along with Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Meta, and ByteDance, as a gatekeeper under its Digital Market Act, which means it will now be facing far-reaching rules aimed at making competition more fair. Meanwhile, in China, government officials have reportedly now been told they not only can't use iPhones and other foreign-branded devices for work, they can no longer even bring them into the office, according to the Wall Street Journal. How big a deal is this? Let's bring in Tony Sakanagi, senior analyst at Bernstein covering tech hardware. Tony, great to have you here today. And, and why are Apple shares down so much? Uh, thanks, Kelly. Well, clearly, both of these are potential threats to Apple's business model going forward. Apple does 20 percent of its business in China. And so, look, I, I you know, this is not Apple being singularly um, uh, picked on in China. This is all non-Chinese branded phones. Um, but nevertheless, it raises the question of whether, you know, this could start to trigger any kind of 
pro-Chinese or anti-American sentiment towards the company. And, and given how significant Apple's presence is there, you know, that's certainly going to give investors pause. I think on the EU side, um, we've known for a while the Digital Markets Act was passed a while ago. We've known for a while it would be implemented in about April of next year. Um, and the real question there is whether Apple will be required, as, as the legislation is written, to allow for other app stores so people can download apps outside of Apple, which, which also could have financial implications, although I think those are more muted than you know, the potential consequences of, of weaker sales in China. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I, I think it kind of gets to the larger question you've been uh, positing, which is whether Apple today looks like the old IBM. And it's fun to make the comparisons. You know, the similarities, both were Berkshire Hathaway's largest holdings. Both have huge index weights. Uh, both are viewed as a high-quality stock holding. It can't get you fired. Um, and they even have similar size uh, in financials. Uh, Apple today and IBM kind of back between 1997 and 2012. So, you know, and I can't even tell whether this is a compliment or a curse. I mean, we know how the IBM story ended, but for a while, you know, it did okay. Right. No, absolutely. So the, the financial similarities of Apple over the last seven or eight years from an EPS growth perspective uh, and IBM, you know, 10, 15 years ago are, are pretty similar in terms of they both delivered 11, 12% EPS growth. What is striking is that Apple's relative multiple and absolute multiple is much higher than IBM's ever was. And so the market clearly has more confidence in uh, you know, Apple's moat and ongoing business than it did for IBM you know, 10 years ago. And, and I think you know, the concern about IBM was uh, really that its you know, privileged asset was the mainframe and the account control that that provided. And ultimately, the mainframe was declining and being disrupted by cloud and industry standard servers. I, I think for Apple, they have a really strong, you know, installed based and customer mode. But I think the belief is, well, that's not declining. It, you know, there's right now we don't see a risk of disruption to people having the smartphone as their principal uh, consumer interface. So. You know, time will tell how it plays out. You know, both companies were fantastic growth companies for a long time. They went to a more mature phase where, you know, top line growth slowed and, and they started repurchasing shares. And that in part triggered uh, Mr. Buffett's interest in both names. Um, but, you know, IBM, I think, was facing much more structural issues than Apple is. Um, but certainly time will tell. Well, there are two warnings in here. And again, you have a market perform on Apple with a 195 price target. But you're warning people, look, revenue growth matters. EPS growth absent revenue growth is unlikely to be afforded a rich multiple. So number one thing for investors to look for with Apple there. And number two, customer lock-in can prove ephemeral when platforms change. So they're doing their best, I guess, with the new headset that may be the new platform. But uh, it's hard to see around those corners. We did get a little piece of news, um, and I wonder if you would find it significant. The number of people who downloaded, or whatever you call it, Apple TV to watch Lionel Messi uh, play in his first soccer match. Um, is their bet on content and kind of getting into the living room that way an important part of answering those two potential future problems about revenue growth and customer lock-in? Um, well, good question, Kelly. Look, I, I think Apple's strategy is to try and make the iPhone and its associated ecosystem 
as complete and as necessary for consumers, that it's essential. And that's why Apple's doing things like broadening into, you know, television. It's broadening them into uh, payments and, you know, buy now, pay later and credit cards. Uh, so this device is essential uh, to people. Um, the data point specifically about downloads for Apple TV uh, it is pretty small in the context of Apple overall. Um, you know, we think that Apple TV revenues today, you know, are maybe one to two billion dollars. Apple's four hundred billion dollars, um, and the business is not particularly profitable. But Apple has a lot of these services, and they continue to introduce and build them. And you know, part of it is to to grow revenue and avoid uh, that revenue uh, slowdown, as you referenced. But I think the other is to strengthen the linkages and make that device uh, all that important to consumers so that uh, ultimately a platform change is less likely uh, going forward. Right. And especially if regulators are going to come in and try to undermine things like iMessage that were previously a big part of their lock-ins. Tony, as always, thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 